Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I'm here with Danny Hatch and with Mark LaRocco. Three hosts, three movies to talk about. It's been a, we, we felt like we had to prepare a little bit more because I think it's, I don't know, it's been a couple weeks since we posted, right? I think we're a little uh, little behind schedule on our episodes. I've, I know I was, I was out of town for a little while, so I'll take the... I'll take the fall for uh, holding us up, but how have you guys been doing? Doing well, doing great. It's, it's been a be nice back. break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, the uh, spring is is officially transitioning into summer. I just started my summer online class yesterday, which I guess consists of just hitting the button that says publish. That's uh, pretty much all you have to do when you teach online. But uh, I don't know. You guys got any any fun plans for the summer? Oh yeah, Yellowstone. Uh, I mean, other than Ooh. recording podcasts, <laughs> this is this is actually might be my life for the summer because I'm finally not doing classes. Uh, we are trying to do this like move. It's a little complicated. I feel like a grown up now because it's like I, I feel like I say that every time where it's like here's my next milestone, guys. But it's hey. like I'm I'm coordinating this and like I'm telling I'm begging family members to come help me and it's like I don't know it's. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't have know, my mommy packing up those, my boxes those... for me. <laughs> I'm sure if you ask nicely, she would be happy <laughs> to help you do some packing. But Mark, Mark, you say you're going to Yellowstone? Yeah, I'm going yeah. to Yellowstone for a big family reunion in about a month, a month from now. And Fine. then we're having a baby at the end of June. So we got kind oh, of a wow. busy summer oh my gosh, coming up. Congrats. So yeah. And so I'm just I'm surprised that you decided to lead with Yellowstone. I mean, I would think you might have a child. <laughs> I was trying to do it chronologically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. That's that's justifiable. That's, you're that's saving okay. the best for last. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if I was there really doing chronologically, we're going to a Coldplay concert Thursday night in Phoenix. That's right. So, oh, you're go, you're going out of town for him. Yeah. It's a big that, deal. Uh, I was going to say, that means you must be a pretty we, substantial Coldplay fan. Yeah, I like him quite a bit. It'll be my third time. First time I'll ever, I'm ever going to a concert out of state. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Where are they Where are they playing in Phoenix? Is it a stadium uh, or is it State a Farm, arena? State Farm Stadium, I think is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Now, that wasn't, was that the one that used to be called University of Phoenix Stadium? I don't know. Um, I, it's, I'm not sure. Actually, because I thought I thought at one point, and it just seemed kind of strange to me, given kind of like the overlap in concepts. But I, I, I want to say there was at one point the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL were playing in University of Phoenix Stadium. Oh, you I know, I think I think they were because one time I went to a BYU game there, and they said it was the Arizona Cardinals Stadium. It was in Glendale, kind of like yeah. right right in close to Phoenix. So yeah, I think that that was, that yeah, was because it. I don't I don't believe that the University of Phoenix has an actual team. Okay. Like in anything, right? Because they're not a. Anyway, you know what? We got better things to talk about. Yeah. Let's no, move the... on. You're right. By the way, I just <laughs> confirmed it. Whether you just confirmed. Whether okay, it good, matters good. or not, yes, it was the University there of Phoenix. There we are. Now it's State Farm. No. Um, in fact, this this uh, this episode is going to be a little bit unique um, because I think we're going to exclusively focus on some movies. Um, I know we've got one that. Uh, has been out for a couple of weeks that we wanted to make sure we got caught up on. Uh, one doesn't come out for about another week, week and a half, at least from the time that we're recording this. And then the big one that we're going to finish with is the is the one that uh, will be coming out this coming weekend. Um, but let's uh, let's go over to Danny, who loves animation, and oh. we'll see if she loves the 
bad guys, right? Oh, <laughs> see, I can't, <laughs> I can't be taking up these these gigs. You're gonna tease me for it. Are, am no, I typecasting um, you? <laughs> you're typecasting me. Huh. Um, and <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, I I did like the bad guys, so I guess you know I'm not doing myself any favors here. But um, <laughs> it was really really fun. Um, it's just about this gang of animal thieves. It's kind of sort of Zootopia style, where it's like the anthropomorphic animals, but also there are humans around. Um, okay. But I felt like it actually kind of worked in a way because it felt very much like modern day fairy tale where, you know, you have Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf. So the Big Bad Wolf is like a main character. He's like the leader of this gang. And so it's not necessarily like they're all you know, specific fairy tale characters, but it has that feel where it's like animals and humans interacting and the yeah. animals have these um, certain abilities and characteristics reflecting um, their animal nature. And I, I felt like that was a huge strength to it. Um, but anyhow, the story of it is just kind of just a fun heist movie, really. Like, I, I want to say that people So they're the bad it, guys, but not really the bad guys. Um... Mm, I don't know. I, aren't and aren't that's they bad kind of, guys trying to be good, like trying to reform? Yeah, no, or no, no. I'll, 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 yeah, it, that's yeah. kind of like the whole premise here, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, because so there's this big um, award that they want to steal, and it's like you know to, given to the the most outstanding citizen kind of award, and they hatch this plan. They're gonna steal it, and when they're caught, um, they plead with the mayor it's like well we just never had a chance but like you know the wolf is kind of telling the rest of the gang like nah really like you know this is part of the plan you know we're doing the long con here right but um it, it provides a lot of great opportunity of like do they actually want to be bad are they you know can they not change their nature and i just i loved the messaging in this movie so much and how they explored that but also in just a very stylish fun way <laughs> like because you, you still have all the heist tropes and everything like um something i said in my review uh on the utah.film website was like this movie had swagger like just like the way the characters held themselves the way that they spoke like it was just i don't know it, it was just so fun um because it, it did feel like an animated oceans 11 so it was like oceans 11 for kids and i i really liked that um also, because it was like this animal thing, it kind of felt very much like Zootopia where, you know, they were talking about those animal natures and everything. But I think they handled it, I don't know, with a little more nuance and complexity, but in a way that I think parents can feel good about. I feel, and, and we talked about this before with movies like Turning Red, where, you know, sometimes movie production companies will talk about these complicated topics but they don't handle it in a way where parents feel comfortable and this is one where it's like you can feel really good about the way this movie ends and honestly the the ending kind of surprised me like it, it's still felt like that you know keeper film where it's like oh there are these things happening all along too and um it was just really fun to follow um cool. Yeah. Now was this was this a this is not a Disney Pixar movie, right? Is it no. who, who did this one? This is DreamWorks. DreamWorks, okay. okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't even know if that's relevant, but I just 
I did. I wanted to say I don't. I didn't think that this was was Pixar, and so because you because you referenced. Well, now was Zootopia Pixar? Or was Zootopia Zootopia like, was Dis- Disney. Disney? Okay, Disney, yeah, yeah. Even though like the the line between those is continually blurring, <laughs> it seems as time goes on. But no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, but 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 you would say so. Unlike, um, man, what was what was that that the panda one? What was that oh, called? Oh, Turning Red. Yeah. Unlike okay, so so unlike Turning Red, you feel like this is one that you would recommend for families and kids and this this one's a little bit more of a a a wholehearted yes yeah well i mean okay the one downside with the family thing and this is the one thing that i think dreamworks would be so successful if they didn't do this but they stoop down to the potty humor and it's like Uh, and this movie was actually very very smart like it was it was so clever um from like the the dialogue to the visuals like it was very very smart but then it's like there's this pretty big like plot element um involving farts and so it's just like why would you do this to your movie it's so good why would you do this so i think some parents might roll their eyes at this but i don't know here's a question (laughs) is that in the book have you ever read the book the bad guys yeah is this based on a book yeah my my kids have it so I should, I should really? ask them. I'm sure they would tell me. I bet I could ask any of my older boys, and they would know if there were was fart joke. There were fart yeah, jokes. Yeah, awesome. Does the piranha fart? Is that <laughs> is that his character trait? I, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it played into the story, which. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, it wasn't. Then I think it wasn't you gotta like have it then. Random, but mm-hmm. yeah. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of potty humor. Uh, the next, the next movie on our list uh, is the the Downton Abbey sequel, because <laughs> you know those guys are just foul. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that's sorry, sorry, that's the closest I could come to a segue on this one. Uh, um, I, I going, loved that we're going, segue. We're going from the the animated kids version of Ocean's Eleven, which I think is a great description, uh, to the the next. The next movie of, well, the next movie adaptation of the popular, what what did Downton Abbey appear? Was it like BBC? Was it PBS? Where where did it run? Um, well, I I just remembered it on question. streaming. I watched it on PBS, yeah. but it was from okay. Master so it was on PBS from. Yeah, I think it was PBS. I think that's how. Yeah. It was, okay. We well, where, wherever it came from. It is, you know, it start, started out as a TV show, and then they made a movie in 2019, I believe, and now they've made another movie. Um, and so this one's called A New Era. And uh, now, see, I don't know, I don't know if they just did this to help out the critics, or if this is something that you might be able to do before you watch it just on your own. But they actually showed us this, like, this two-minute synopsis of the previous movie, before we watched the new one, just this That's this is last funny. night. So it's like a TV, yeah, yeah almost treat it like. Oh a yeah, TV. so it was like previously on Downtown, <laughs> and which is funny because I mean one of the things that I really did genuinely so so now I I never had watched the show. I had heard of it. I knew it was very popular. You know, recognized a lot of the actors just because they're very well experienced British actors. Um, but even though I wasn't really that familiar with the source material. The movie I thought did an excellent job of introducing people and and 
toggling between storylines in a way that was very easy to follow and understand. And, and so that, I remember that was one of the things that I complimented about the first movie. Um, and I would say the same thing about the sequel, um, because like, uh, like the first movie and like, I assume, the TV show, uh, there are, this is an ensemble piece. You know, you have kind of the, the wealthy uh, family that lives upstairs and they have all the money, they live in the Abbey, and then you have the lives of all the servants and all of the, you know, kind of their associates and stuff. And so there are, you know, there are several plot lines going on in this movie, just the, uh, the same way there were with the previous one. Uh, they really kind of focus around two storylines, though. And in one of them, um, now I'm going to struggle remembering the character names. So I'll, I'll remember the actor names a little easier. But uh, Maggie Smith is still kind of like the matriarch of this family. And one of the main uh, storylines has her inheriting... A, uh, a villa in France um, on behalf of this old flame of hers, basically, um, from back before she got married and had, uh, you know, Hugh Bonneville's character and, and stuff. And, and so, so ha- like, part of the main plot of the film is about the family going down to France to kind of find out what's going on and where, where this unexpected inherited villa has come from. And what it means for the mysterious history of the family, uh, even to the point that they start to question what happened back in the day. And I, I don't want to get it too much into it, but uh, but there is there is a little like some potential scandal and 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 stuff. And and so so that's half of it. And then um, in the meantime, everybody back in England, uh, because. The, I mean, and this this is what I found kind of interesting because apparently, in spite of their huge abbey and wealth and all this kind of thing, they still actually need money, and so they agree to have a filmmaker come and make a movie at the abbey, and that provides some really interesting kind of meta commentary um, because they this this is set. I mean, I want to say the movie is set, you know, somewhere late twenties, early nineteen thirties. And so it's as movies are transitioning from silent films into the talkies, right? And and that plays a big part of this um, because you have like these new characters who are coming who are like you know, the famous actor and actress and then you have the director and all this kind of thing. And, and so while half the family is in France uh, trying to unpack the, 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 the family history, the rest of the family is dealing with this film crew that is uh, – you know, trying to film a silent film at the Abbey. And of course, they're making all kinds of comments about, you know, that you can read in, in a 21st century perspective and all this kind of thing. And I, I even wonder, because they spend a lot of time talking about how the people who worked in silent films were going to lose their jobs once the talking pictures took over. And it felt to me like they're kind of referring to this idea that streaming is destroying traditional movies like that's i don't know if i'm if i was reading into it or if that's just meant to be just kind of something to pick out but anyway so there's some there's some interested interesting meta commentary in here now overall like neither of these movies has made me want to go back and watch the tv show and so so they're good but they don't like blow me away um i do feel like 
the characters are interesting and they do a very good job of of presenting the story in a way that's like i say very easy to follow especially considering how many people they're juggling how many storylines are juggling um you don't have to be a fan to be able to watch and enjoy this um i mean even just maggie smith you know i mean we, we all i think most of us probably know her best from the harry potter movies but uh you know she has quite a expansive uh career beyond that and uh and so, so all those those people, especially, are really, really fun to watch. Uh, Hugh Bonneville's great, and um, and so, so I definitely, you know, think it was a it was a good movie. Um, so it's definitely a PG movie. If anything started to kind of push boundaries at all, it was more thematic than, than any content. You know, certainly no profanity or sex, and you know, no violence or anything like that. Um, the one, I guess. It did feel like it was kind of dragging on a little bit towards the end, and that might be just because they had so many plots going on that in order to kind of resolve everything, it it, uh, it felt like it was kind of a little expansive at the end. And then I guess one of the big questions I have is that, you know, this works perfectly well and fine as a movie, but it doesn't feel like it needs to be a movie. I mean, it really still kind of feels like a glorified TV show. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, my, my presumption is that big time fans will enjoy, you know, once again, seeing them on the big screen. And maybe that's just kind of the, the state that they have to be in now, now that the TV show's concluded, but um, overall it's, it's a good product, but it doesn't feel like the kind of product that you need to see in the theater. And in fact, it feels more like something that would be more appropriate to watch at home. So I, down to Nabby to electric boogaloo, <laughs> I'd have to say about, about two and a half, you know, I'd say three stars out of four. Downton Abbey reloaded. You know, reloaded. I reloaded. I liked the TV series quite a bit. We I watched it while it was it was showing. You know, however many years ago it came out. And I, one thing I loved about it is you do care about the characters, and there are not very many evil characters. You know, there's mostly good oh, characters. Yeah, yeah. Or mostly characters that are pretty good but flawed, trying to work through something. And you find yourself pretty much rooting for all of them. I mean, every now and then there's a story arc where there's a character that's just truly despicable and you want them to get their comeuppance, but almost all the characters are, you know, ones that you want them to be happy and um, mm. figure it out. And so it was it was nice. And it was, yeah, it was very G or PG. Um, yeah. One of the few things on TV that's like kind of for adults that's pretty much PG rated. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, and that's, I, that, that is an interesting observation too because, you know, there's – there's not really much in terms of an antagonist, you know, and, mm-hmm. and even I would, I would even say like in this movie, the people who do kind of get presented as, you know, they're not necessarily bad people. You're just seeing their bad sides, yeah. you know, their, yeah. their greed or their pride and, you know, the, the, their insecurities, you know, but it's not like you don't really have villains. Right. So That's yeah. Right. Um, Okay, so the movie that's out, the movie that's coming out. Now let's uh, let's get down to business here and uh, zero in on the one that's, I don't know, I think, well, I think a couple of other big movies are going to come out later this month, but I think that right now the big release that most people are interested in is Doctor Strange in the, multi, not, not Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it is Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness very very important uh qualification there i feel like with the title they were sort of going for you know spider-man into the spider-verse you're in oh yeah you're in the multiverse no that makes sense that makes sense (laughs) yeah you just yeah well so 
so this is this is an interesting movie to talk about for a variety of reasons, which we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I'm going to do first for for our audience, for our listeners, is say that we are going to break our discussion into two pieces. Um, we're going to do a more abbreviated and spoiler-free version first, where uh, I'll try to set up just kind of the basic idea of the movie, and we'll we'll give kind of our our basic takes on it. And then in order to kind of dig in a little bit more thoroughly, uh, we're going to have to switch over to a, I don't know. I mean, we're still not going to give away a lot of stuff, but there are some, there's some pretty fundamental things to this movie that if you, if we have to dance around them, it's going to be really hard to analyze it. And so, so for those of you who would not want to have anything like that spoiled and, and Danny, I think you pointed out that, it would be really fun to be able to kind of go into this one totally yeah. clean. I mean, that's that's how I was. Yeah. Uh, so anybody like that, you know, you can, uh, you know, we'll we'll give you the signal and you can wrap up the episode and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but but I know that I would like to be able to discuss things with a little bit more, uh, a little more liberality in terms mm-hmm. of the content. So, um, but basically, uh, you know, so this is this is the. Well, you know, I was going to say it was the follow-up to the first Doctor Strange movie, but it's really not because so many things have happened and so many <laughs> movies have happened that Doctor Strange has been involved in. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're jumping in. I mean, this is still the aftermath of uh, not just Endgame, but, uh, you know, because he, he turned up in the, the recent Spider-Man movie. Um, not a whole lot of references to that movie, though. Like, I don't, I don't really remember seeing a whole lot that, that seemed to connect directly to, to the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's but, partly because it was supposed to come out first. Spider-Man. Oh, right. Yeah. That's Spider-Man, right. There was they, a, yes. They kept their yes. date. They were not going to move their date and, and Dr. Strange had to. So there was, yeah, Dr. Strange was supposed to come out well before. Yeah. Spider-Man. No. And that, and that might be really good to know kind of going into it because these films are so interconnected that, you know, keeping track of this stuff, you you might have questions if you didn't think of that otherwise. Um, but anyway, this movie is mostly focused around a character named America Chavez. She's a oh, she's still probably a teenager, right? She's supposed to be a teen. Yeah. And she has the power of uh, being able to jump between uh, universes, and so this is kind of where the multiverse concept comes from. And after kind of a dramatic opening scene that uh, you know we don't really need to talk a whole lot about. But uh, she, long story short, she has repeated interaction with the different versions of Doctor Strange throughout the multiverse. And so she winds up in kind of our universe with the, you know, the present Doctor Strange. And her life is being threatened um, because there is, a, there is an antagonist out there that wants to use her powers. Um, and in the process, uh, it's, not, it's not kind of a, hey, could I borrow your shovel and work in my garden. It's like, I'm going to steal your life force and leave you for dead. So, <laughs> so there's more of a threat to, to America's character. Um, and so, so really, like I said, without giving a whole lot away, the movie is essentially about Dr. Strange trying to help this young woman. Uh, and in the process, they wind up skipping through different universes and dealing with different versions of different characters. And it's a trip. Like it really is a trip. Um, when the, when they when they use the expression "multiverse of madness," I think that was very intentional. And uh, and the more you learn about it, in fact, when you learn about who the director was and and some of those things, 
a lot of the stuff starts to make sense. And so, so th I'm not going to set up any more than that for right now. Um, but uh, I'm going to turn over to you guys and let's how about how about one at a time. Let's just uh, let's give our quick take, quick reaction. Mark, you saw it most recently. Do you want to okay, go? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead. Mark, um, yeah, you, you got the you got the I, fresh reaction. I saw it last <laughs> night, um, and so okay, so a couple things. And again, this is going to be the spoiler-free part, so I'll kind of talk about generally right. my expectations going in and kind of what I experienced. So I knew it was a Sam Raimi movie, and he has um, he's essentially a horror director. So you know, first of all, warning to anybody who wants to take their kids. Um, Danny sent me a text on Friday that was very wise, basically saying, "Hey, it's not for kids. Probably shouldn't bring them." And I, I was like, "Good. I wasn't. I wasn't going to anyway with this one because it was. I was planning to see it at night, and also, I want them to see." You other were movies expecting first. the horror aspect when I wasn't. I, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I was expecting it, just not to that extent. Well, and it's interesting because it's quite different in some ways than the first one because we did sit down and watch the first one with my kids probably about yeah. a month ago, and they all yeah. liked it. They weren't they weren't scared. I mean, it has some kind of weird parts and trippy parts in it, but it's not scary. This no, one, nothing like this. Yeah, this yeah. has quite a bit of horror. Very and different. I'll just give you a little bit of background. Sam Raimi, he's one of these like backyard filmmakers that just started out making the kind of grotesque, scariest movies he could with his friends, just running around the backyard, and and did one of those like proof of concept movies that became Evil Dead, um, and then mm -hmm. Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and and he's done other things. Um, he did a yeah. movie called A Simple Plan, which is kind of a Fargo esque movie. That's a kind of a moral quandary crime movie about some people stumbling on some money in the woods um, and then he got into spider-man which was yeah. a little bit of a shock because he hadn't been handed the keys to anything that huge and he did an amazing job with it spider-man and spider-man yeah. too yeah. um and so um and then this one i think more than any of his other sort of standard fare um like like because he's done he's done actually a bunch of movies I mean, I think he did for the love for love of the game, a Kevin Costner baseball movie. He's he's jumped around different genres and he's done fine, but this is where he he got he got back to his roots as much as he could yeah. in a Marvel movie, and so that was surprising. Now I was prepared for it, so I wasn't as surprised going into it because I had already heard some of the elements. Um, and so overall, um, it was still I was still a bit confused at, at certain parts of it, um, and I also it kind of keeps reinforcing to me that. These Marvel movies, it almost seems like less and less are, are just not for kids. But they're about superheroes. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be a thing that kids would like, right? Like, mm -hmm. they're supposed yeah. to be for kids. And that's kind of the way I view it. And we're, we're, we're now at like 29 <laughs> Marvel movies or what. And there are quite a few of them that just have things in them that aren't, aren't for kids. And this is another, another one of them, you know? So, but, you know. I like how you said that's what makes a superhero movie. Um, just yeah. like. Because I, I feel like what they're trying to do to keep the genre alive is, like, they have to do subversions. They have to change it up, right? Exactly. But, like, you know, when you are doing it so often that you're not following the trope at all anymore, like, it's it's not that same genre. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and and I do think that's very misleading. And I and that's why I sent you the text, because, like, I'm, I'm so afraid this movie's going to be misleading to families where it's, like... Because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have any of those Hallmark superhero traits. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. And, and maybe you're yeah. right. Like maybe because 
Mar- Kevin Feige, I think that's how you say his name. He's like the Is big Feige? producer. Feige, I think. Yeah, I think oh, it's yeah. Feige. He's the one that's kind of the mastermind, you know, behind all these movies. He produces them and sets them up. And he, I wonder if there's just part of him that's saying he's not an idiot. He knows that there are people out there that are suffering from superhero fatigue, or maybe even more specifically Marvel fatigue. And he's willing to take risks. He's willing to let people say, all right, Sam Raimi, go do what you're going to do. In fact, he's the second director on this movie. Scott Derrickson, who was the director of the first one, was, was... left he was either left or fired over creative differences and so they brought in sam raimi and he had to come in and kind of just do his his thing and um Hmm. and i think they were happy with it in fact when i look at the box office numbers i'm sure kevin feige's happy with it right because it it made 185 million over the first weekend in the u.s and Hmm. around 420 or 430 million uh, around the world and so it's doing doing well people are going to see it um I don't know if it's the kind of movie people will go back to see again and again, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the important part, I think. Uh-huh. So, but, I mean, the visuals are great. I mean, I have no complaints about the effects in it, the special effects mm. and the visuals and hurtling through multiverses. Uh, some really awesome scenes in there um, that are as good as anything I've seen, probably, in a Marvel movie. Um, so, I, I, I always enjoy that, especially in the theater. It's one one of the reasons you go to the theater is for this kind of a movie, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and that and that is a good point. Like that, this this is definitely something that I think merits being you know attending in a theater versus Downton Abbey, which would be perfectly <laughs> oh, good. Fair. Yeah. At home. Yeah. 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 Danny, Danny, what did you think? Well, I'd say the problem with going to the theater is that it's more uncomfortable to leave, which I almost did. (laughs) During this movie? I did. I really really did. Um, (laughs) Let's hear it. Bring bring the hammer. Here we go. Yeah, so, and actually, I I did write up my notes for this to be spoiler-free because I do think that this movie has great moments that I think are just completely attributed to directing and the performances. I think the actors are great. I think this was a good director for this. There there are some good visuals. There are some great moments. Um, they do not make up for a garbage script and garbage character uh. development. And I don't know why we're totally fine with buying into this low quality kind of storytelling. Um, and uh, to be fair, I was super biased going in because as has been well documented on this podcast, I have a lot of negative feelings towards Disney, towards Marvel right now, and and I don't And, and I don't Benedict like, Cumberbatch, that guy can just oh, no, eat no, no, your no, no, shorts. No. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch I'm was kidding. like my my high school bay, okay? Like I mean I was watching Sherlock with all my girlfriends. We did Sherlock parties where we'd all get together and like Get all excited on the couch, like, oh, it's the next episode. Yes. Yeah, I was that. No, so <laughs> that was that was actually going for this movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there were things mm. going against it. There were things for it. I also don't like horror very much. Um, mm. I find it very gross, especially when it's trying to be gross for the sake of being gross and not doing it, like, for a reason. Like, I like The Quiet Place because I feel like there's some mm. kind of messaging behind it, right? Right. And, yeah. I, and I enjoy that a lot. This one um, was very icky, and it made me feel very uncomfortable, especially um, during this one scene 
in the second act, and it's just, <laughs> I just, and you guys know. We'll um, have to talk I'm about trying to remember. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll maybe back. the spoiler yeah. section. Okay, okay. We'll, yeah, we'll circle back. But like, um, yeah, I just, I think it's, I think this movie's kind of gross. And so it's not my cup of tea. But like, I, I went into this knowing these things. And so if anything, I felt like I was excusing things for a very long time. And that was actually benefiting it. Because I'm like, well, maybe I don't like this just because this is my, my, it's not, it's, it's going against my personal preferences. My husband, on the other hand, he, um, I was not allowed to say a single word <laughs> during the movie because he was so excited for this one. And um, afterwards, we talked about it, and he didn't like it. So I think even for people who are looking forward to this, like it, it might not live up to the hype. It's definitely not going to live up to the hype, I don't think. But it, it might be more damaging than you're expecting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, one way to tell if if audiences uh, really like it is. Well, obviously, there's always the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, but when I look at the box office, what you do is you look at the first weekend, and then you the compare it to the second yeah. weekend, and if it's like right. a 35 or 40% drop-off, it's mm. probably pretty good. People like it. You know, If it's more like 50 or somewhere in that mm. range, 45, 50, 55, it means that yeah. the word of mouth is not great. People, are that telling, people that saw it on the opening weekend are telling all their friends, oh, yeah, don't bother, you know. So we'll and I do think read. this has been very divided because, like, I want—I subscribe to so many YouTube channels um, where they're reviewing movies because I want to see what the conversation is, and it's very divided. Because I, because hmm. what I think it is is that there are people who like focusing on the directing and the performances. Their directors themselves—they love this movie because it, it is very stylized, you know, and they yeah. like mm -hmm. horror, so you know, it's it's appealing to them that way. Those who focus a lot on script, storytelling, and character development hated this movie because, like, it it really was just a mess. I think a lot of it, you know, some of it's reshoots, some of it's, you know, being tied to the rest of the Marvel Universe. Um, I think a lot of it is just um, Disney's progressive messaging, I think, where it's like, I think you can do feminist minority stories, but for some reason, Disney just makes it so just it, 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 like like they don't know how to write that and like as a as a girl like for me when i see those kind of you know quote feminist stories it actually feels kind of degrading because it's like i'm only as good as like however strong i am compared to a man like i can't be my own gender and mm. that can't be good enough and so um this <laughs> something i wrote in my notes where it's just when I'm watching these movies, the reason why I go into them not liking them is because I feel like I'm Neo at the end of The Matrix where he can see the coding. And so I'm not <laughs> watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing all the board meetings and the rewrites and, you know, all the producers coming down and saying like, oh, no, we need to do these things, right? And it's yeah. just, it's a mess and it looks awful. And so even if there are these great moments... Which this movie does have, like, I mean, it has a big budget. It has a good director. It has good actors. Like, of course it's going to have good moments. I just don't think it's worth it at all. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is that the, you know, individual good pieces don't necessarily add up to a good movie. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. You know, that you can, you can, you can, you can hit a few, you know, a few home runs over the course of two hours, but that doesn't mean that you're going to win the game. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, whatever metaphors i can come up with here but uh I, yeah. no because I, I i don't know i i guess my reaction to it was kind of a fusion of of both of yours you know mm -hmm. i i felt a lot of the, had a lot of the same reaction to things where 
like I'm not a big fan of the whole multiverse concept. I kind of feel like it's getting a little too heady for its own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel this is this is what I would say is I didn't feel like I was getting lost in the story. But by the end, I didn't care about the story, mm-hmm. you know, because I noted that like as the movie was going along, it's like, oh, well, there's you know, you kind of have to pay attention here. You can't really zone out on this one. But I didn't feel like I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't feel like I was lost. But then by the end of the movie, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and so so maybe that kind of speaks, Daniel, to what you're saying about the the script and the storytelling and the, the character development. Um, I know that I, I've heard the complaint and and kind of agree with it that. You know, when you introduce this whole kind of multiverse concept, you can essentially get away with anything and the stakes are gone. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, when you have any number of different places you can go and with any uh, any different number of versions of the same character, there's no penalty. You Mm -hmm. know, like, I mean, like Loki and, you know, here come the spoilers, guys. Loki dies in Infinity War. And it was a big deal because it actually meant something, right? Like here's yeah. somebody we've seen in several movies and yeah, there's been kind of fake outs before, but this felt different, right? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, actually now there's this other version. There's this other series on Disney and he's still alive, you know? And, and yeah. so, mm-hmm. and so it just, it just kind of undermines it, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, from what it could be. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's been my, my perpetual complaint about comic book movies in general is that they're never going to carry the same emotional and dramatic weight because, you know, the stakes are never really ironclad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then you, you, you have characters kind of flying around shooting laser beams and magic spells at each other and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. And, and I guess, I mean, I would still say overall that the movie was fine. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was bad necessarily. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see that Sam Raimi did it. And and once I saw that he was the, the director, I was like, oh, okay, well, that explains what I've been watching <laughs> for the last two hours. Because I really, you know, he's got this very, very unique signature horror comedy style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, because even though, you know, we've kind of talked about him as a horror director, but he's very much a comedic director mm-hmm. i mean basically from the second evil dead movie on there is a strong comic element oh, to yeah. his stuff and there's a there's a campiness to it that yeah. there's a lot of fun funny? um there's, yeah there's funny moments yeah. in it it's not, not as funny as like like yeah the evil dead movies or even it's some not of the spider-man uh, movies right but. well it's it's not it's not funny in a setup punchline type joke way it's the way the the style and the execution of his horror characters and stuff that there's it's it's very I don't know I I still don't feel like I have the words for it but it's it's not straight horror mm-hmm. it's there's there's a cheesiness to it yeah that there is you know. And Dan, Danny, I'm, you've got no. this look on your face. Think about a quiet place. Or think about a movie like Psycho, or think about a movie that has little, literally like zero funny, you know, really yeah. no funny scenes in it. And then that is to how the... I felt about this movie. No, oh, no, no, okay. that, that is legitimately <laughs> how I felt about this movie because I huh. thought it was just so heavy. I mean, there there are some lines, but they were those eye roll lines where it's all like, Spider Man is he a spider? No, he's more like a man. 
but does so does he shoot webs out of his butt? Well, no, maybe yeah. like stuff like that. Where no, and that's and that's not rolling. the stuff we were talking about. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean no, that that's like, kind of when it was yeah. horror. It was horror. Like I mean, I I did not smile once for the <laughs> second half of the movie because it was so heavy. Mm-hmm. It yeah. felt so heavy, and so I understand when it's like there can be that lightheartedness. I didn't feel that at all, and maybe it was because I was just so bothered by everything that I couldn't find that humor. But it felt yeah. well. I no, and it it didn't feel like it was a wall to wall funny thing. Right. And I, I think no. I think you're right, and I cer- I certainly wouldn't rank this among Sam Raimi's best horror comedies. You know, no, not, not and, by and a it long wasn't shot. trying to be, but yeah, I just right. Yeah, I, I just I lost all <laughs> humor oh, yeah. I guess in that moment. No, and and you know you can, you kind of referenced this earlier, Danny, when you talked about how you I, I like the way you described it. How you feel like sometimes you feel like you're watching the boardroom meeting, right? You yeah. can see everything that's happening behind the scenes. You're reading the code, and yeah. and and I've asked myself this quite often. You know, is is this a matter of are the filmmakers doing a worse job at covering up the stitches or am I just more perceptive because I've been watching movies and being a critic for years and years, you know what I mean? Yeah, because, yeah. because I feel the same way. Like I'm, I'm seeing things that's like, okay, well obviously I, they're trying to say this and they want to do this and they want to, you know, and, and so it's probably, it, the answer is it's probably a little bit of both, right? Like, you know, I think filmmakers are a little bit more transparent and, and uh, aren't as, aren't as good at, uh, like I said, kind of covering the the stitches and and, and the stuff, but uh, it's it's got to be, you know, because I I would say that the three of us probably noticed a lot more of that kind of thing than the average moviegoer will be because That's they're fair. not looking for it, mm-hmm. and we are because you know our our job is to evaluate it. Right. Yeah. And so you have to kind of pay a little closer attention. So anyway, yeah. no, so oh, that's I, a good point. I, like I said, I, I kind of felt like a lot of, you know, kind of the, both the same way you guys did. Um, it was kind of, you know, and one thing I've noticed, and this, this is something I've tried to, to do as much as possible is rather than just kind of give my initial knee jerk, knee jerk reaction to it in the moment, I think about, okay, well, how do I feel a few days later? And it's mm-hmm. been a few days now, and I'm finding myself less and less interested in it as time goes on. Hmm. Okay. Um, but but that's how, you know, I don't know. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what – somebody said something a, a few minutes ago that made me think of this. These movies are still going to make a lot of money, right? Doctor Strange what, yeah. said like $185 million last weekend. Yeah. But they're not events the mm-hmm. way they used to be. Right. I don't feel like these don't feel like they're building towards anything the way that they used to. Mm-hmm. And I don't find myself wanting them to build into something. That now, granted, I'm excited to see Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. right? Because we've already established through Ragnarok that there's a, a fun world yeah. that I'm excited to go back to. Yeah. Most of the other stuff, though, you can take it or leave it. Yeah. We, yeah. I, and we've already established that like Marvel is, is going to go in different directions that maybe some people like a certain ty- style, like Taika Waititi, and they don't like Sam Raimi, or yeah. you know wh- what Kugler did with Black Panther. That you know that kind of world building. Uh, it, I mean, I think that I'm I'm the same way. I'm looking forward to Love and Thunder, 
Uh, I think you know Hemsworth's a very underrated comic actor. He he oh, went yeah. from being such a serious like Shakespearean guy in that very first Thor yeah. movie to like the funniest guy in the whole in the Avengers, basically. You know. Oh yeah. Um, and so, and that's partly because of Taika Waititi. I think he has some credit credit to that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that too. Um, and I feel so like with this movie. Yeah, I, I don't really recommend it. I mean, you know how you say, like, recommend or don't recommend? I yeah, don't know how many stars yeah. I would give it. I I haven't been telling people, you know, to go see it. But also, there is an audience for this movie. I do think there are people that are, like, they're ready for a horror direction or something different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they like, and I kind of like when, you know, they'll take a risk. Like, a movie, a, a director, franchise will take a little bit of a bold risk. And maybe it's a miss, but they, at least they took a risk. Um, and then also, like we talked about, the Sam Raimi drag me to hell, you know, crowd or, or <laughs> even, even, I mean, it's funny, go back to Spider-Man two. And I don't know if you, if you like that movie or not, but I, I thought it was brilliant. I think it's one of the best superhero movies great. of all time. Yeah. It was but great. Like, yeah. The Doc Ock scene in the, the, in the hospital room. That's a horror scene. Oh my movie goodness. Scene. Oh that, yeah. That's like five minutes of <laughs> yeah. straight up horror and almost yeah. pretty grisly stuff happens, you know, and it's scary. Mm. But, but it's, it's also well movie. done, and it's there's really a good well point done. to it. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. like, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, no, and I'm just, I'm thinking about it because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this whole like, the funny thing still. Um, but I think, because mm, this is another hot take, because I'm not excited for Love and Thunder either. I used to be, mm. but like, um, and I'd highly You're recommend. You're fired. That's it. <laughs> done. You're out. <laughs> I'd highly recommend watching the Critical Drinker reviews on YouTube because he's this vulgar Scotsman and he's the reason why I feel so jaded against this stuff now. Um, But something he points out is that, like, even though these directors do have a lot of talent and they have done really great things, once they're, like, brought into a Marvel project, they're, you know, put in this box kind of... They're very restricted. And so I'm thinking, I don't... I actually don't think of Doctor Strange as a horror movie. And like this one or the first one, this one, sorry, this one, I I do not. I I actually don't think of it as a horror movie. I think there were horror moments, kind of like what we were saying here with Spider-Man two. Right. But like, it's so for me and maybe this is a stitches thing, but it feels like there are these on and off switches. And did you say that it was directed in part by someone else too? So it's like Well, I don't know if there were actually fully like directed scenes. I know that there was a ri- an original director named Scott Derrickson, okay. and I believe he did okay. the first Doctor Strange and then he was I, we could look on variety.com or whatever, but he was either fired or he just left over creative differences. Okay. Um, cuz they, they cuz it, it just it feels like the horror is kind of like it's it's very sudden, and it feels like you're watching it's, a different movie. Like, but it doesn't feel. It feels like, like it's, it's sprinkled in instead of baked in. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I would have, I would have understood if it was baked in because uh, I mean, this is another point that I didn't like about it was that there's no really good theme here. And I think Josh, this is why you were saying like you don't feel invested, right? Is because like these are just events, like things just happen yeah. in this movie. Whereas mm-hmm. like. I think if they did go with the horror thing, I think it would have been actually really good because then it's because at the very end, they kind of shoehorn this idea of like face your fears. And it's like, that is what I wanted this whole time. You know, Mm. I wanted to see what are these people afraid of? That was something I loved about Wanda when she was first introduced, I think, where she would like mess with people's minds. Right. And and, like have them fear. 
thank you, listeners. And uh, if you if you want to if you want to preserve a spoiler free ex- experience, and after all of our rantings, do you, if you still actually want to go watch Doctor Strange two, uh, feel free, and, and we'll we'll catch you with the next episode. But uh, from this point on, um, and then again, I don't you know we're not going to give away the whole movie or anything like that. But there there no. are some elements of it that that are pretty fundamental to the movie that some people might not want to know about going in. And so uh, from this point on, we will be referencing them. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the, the big one, okay, so, you know, point of no return, uh, is right. that Wanda's the bad guy. And she's, she's the, well, actually it's not Wanda, right? Because she is supposedly under the influence of some kind of uh, dark hold is what I think it's called. It's some book of spells. She still has a lot of the same kind of sentiments and issues as the the Wandavision kind yeah. of you know. We, we but, pick up where but, we but left they, off. But they don't yeah. want it. They're they're trying to make it not Wanda's fault. They're trying to oh she's under she's possessed. She's under the influence of this this other thing, and that is what is making her willing to go to the dark side and be evil and let people die and i mean her basically her idea is that she wants to go to one of these alternate universes where she actually has these kids that she's just invented in our universe and she's perfectly willing to get rid of whatever version of wanda's there or anybody else who gets in her way and the i guess i guess what it really comes down to is that because again this is this is me being not familiar with the comic books she has fully embraced the Scarlet Witch character. So she's not really Wanda. She is the Scarlet Witch. And so she is the antagonist villain of the multiverse. And and honestly, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, not that I wanted her to be the bad guy or anything like that, but I thought that in terms of doing something interesting with the story and the concept, that was one of the things that I liked about this movie was that they're kind of exploring this this you know concept and you know doing something a little bit instead of just kind of picking out some obligatory villain from the you know the catalog of marvel villains to be the obligatory bad guy for this movie mm-hmm. that you know because i i thought that i've always thought that civil war was one of the best marvel movies for that reason is that you had the cart the characters in conflict with each other instead yeah. of just kind of your token fill in the blank bad guy right um and so Certainly, still a movie with a lot of issues and things that, like I said, I was I was nodding off by the end of the movie. I I really, you know, and I don't know if it was because I was watching it at you know one thirty two p.m. in the afternoon, but like, <laughs> I just didn't care by mm-hmm. by the time all of the juggling had been going on for two hours. I didn't care at the end. Yeah. And but I but I did like the idea that okay, well, you know, this is kind of interesting to see that all oh, Wanda is going to be the. She's going to be the villain and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and I love, you know, I love Sam Raimi and I, I thought that some of that element was, was kind of cool. Um, it was interesting to kind of play around with, oh, well, this is the way things are in this universe, you know, because there are, you know, I, I don't know if we, we don't have to go through down the list or anything like that, but there are a lot of cameos in this movie that are hinting at things that are going to happen per, presumably in other movies or things that I think people have already speculated on, but that stuff was fine, but I think I think Danny, it's kind of like what you were saying, where there are individual things that oh, that's kind of cool, yeah. But that's kind of cool half a dozen times by itself doesn't make a good movie. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe that's the frustrating thing is that this could have been a good movie. So 
um, you know, can I do this in the non-spoiler part? But, like, um, I, I really wanted, like, a good theme because, like, I that twist of Wanda being the villain, I was like, oh, oh I was super down for that. Um, but I didn't like how far they went, I think, because I really liked Wanda's character. Like, um, I, I really enjoyed WandaVision up till, like, the very end, and then it felt kind of, like, just dropped and mishandled a little bit. But I liked where we left off with her. I, I really strongly related to her um, in the, the first part of this movie, and, you know, you can really understand where she's coming from, but it gets to the point where it's just so silly, mm-hmm. and it and and her powers are just kind of wacky and whatever they want to be like because i mean and, and that's the gore side of it is that she goes very very far in killing a lot of people um in gruesome ways but it's also like okay so she's going to do this to all these side characters and she can't do that to these two people in front of her like it's just it, it, there's there's no real it's almost like, you know, the main. it feels like the main characters have already lost because she's so powerful. And that's kind of like the opposite of when it feels like there are no real stakes. So we're talking about the stakes where it's like, yeah, right. oh, nothing's going to have serious weight. But it's like when everything has so much weight, it's like everyone's dead anyways. You know? Yeah, so it's so kind of the opposite end of that. Yeah. And with, I thought that yeah. was really with, lame. With the multiverse, you could you could resurrect any character you want. You could always say that it was a the character who died was not the real version that you thought it was it was a multiverse yeah. version they could even marvel could even retcon the whole thing going back to like iron man in 2008 and say this is earth 616 or you know 838 or whatever that we've been yeah, showing you this right. whole time and so yeah i mean that is kind of a kind of a problem but no but I, i'm not just saying with that i'm saying that she was almost so powerful that i just i i, I didn't feel the stakes that way either so it's like, it's almost when like, yeah, things aren't that serious where it's like, oh, we could just go to another multiverse. But it's like, what if, and, and this is what happens, not even a what if. It's like, this villain was so powerful that it's just like, nothing's going to stop her. Yeah. So there almost have to be stakes on the villain's end too. Yeah. Here, here's it, one it thing. It just wasn't yeah. balanced. It wasn't. Well, and I, wasn't I don't good. know. I wonder, I wonder if what you're describing is kind of what I was alluding to earlier where, I do enjoy comic book movies. I've enjoyed most all of them. Yeah. But I've never felt quite as invested in them because of the ambiguity of these superpowers where, you know, because it's it's funny how, you know, referring back to Civil War, you know, you've got, you know, a dozen of these superheroes all fighting each other in the airport. And aside from the fact that they're all friends and they're really not going to be trying to kill each other, you kind of realize that, you know, some of these characters have some really incredible superpowers and a couple of them just have like a prop, right? Like you a know, that they're really not. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, and then you notice that like Scarlet Witch and Vision just kind of disappear for a few minutes because the reality is they could kind of wipe out everybody out by themselves. Yeah. And, and so that, you know, while I love the fact that they're trying to bring all these characters in together and that they, you know, you, you feel like you've been spending so much time in this, in this world that, you know, there's a familiarity to it. That's really comfortable and that's really nice. But at the same time, 
if you're going to bring these characters all together and some of them are just kind of humans with skills and others are, you know, demigods, you're kind of mm-hmm. stuck in. And yeah. I don't know if that, Danny, if that's what you're kind of referring to. Oh, just no, like this, absolutely. It's you know, not fun to watch. The yeah. overpowered characters aren't fun to watch. There, yeah. So I want to go back to the horror element a little bit because I think one reason it. it's yeah. justified, not just because it's, it's Raimi, but I was thinking about this. Like, the Wanda is so scary as a villain in this movie. She'll appear out of those reflections, those puddles, and she can instantly appear through, you know, around a wall, and she can... And, and remember how they talked about how the multiverse was li- like when you dream. So two major characters in this movie basically oh, yeah. are introduced through dreams. The two main characters in the movie are introduced through dreams, and you don't really know it at first until the dream is over. Kind of like how we experience dreams sometimes, right? So almost like an inception, like, okay, there's a dream going on, what's going on? Like, and the opening of the movie is great. I mean, it, ju- it just hurtles right into the action, like, immediately. No setup at all. Yeah. You know, running right. through this area. with, And so... Um, and and then they talk about how like okay well the the character America Chavez is she she pa- can pass through multiverses from what I understand but she can't really control it it's based on her being ang- uh, not angry but being afraid like oh, when she's afraid, afraid. Yeah. right um, and she also said she doesn't dream right well these you know I think of the Freddy Krueger character that is so evil he can he haunts you in your <laughs> dreams right and right. he can just appear in your dreams and kill you so you can't fall asleep. And there are so many jump scares that are almost Kruger-like um, or, or any kind of classic horror villain, you know, like Mike Myers or Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. that, that, that's done by with the Scarlet Witch in, in this movie in the second half. There's probably at least five or six of those kind of jump scares. Almost or with to the point Carrie, where you, too. Like, I loved her look um, yeah. during those horror moments. Like, I, I mean, there's definitely a lot of yeah. allusions to them, so I think... yeah. For it's, horror fans, right, that and is it's very yeah. nice. You, you almost have to just kind of start bracing yourself for it at, at, at a point. You oh, know? for sure. <laughs> um, and then there's also, uh, you know, there's the Bruce Campbell cameo. Did yeah, you know right. that with the, uh, the oh, yeah. pizza poppy guy, oh, pizza poppy pizza guy. guy? Yeah. And um, yeah. and then like you know, I was thinking about. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but many many years ago, Josh Terry, uh, maybe he still does, used to host Zombie Fest. <laughs> Um, where you watch zombie <laughs> movies at his house, uh, you know, in October. And my wife and I, when we were first married, we went and watched um, Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> and I was wondering if you're going to bring this up. <laughs> I was. I have to because there's several nods. One is she, direct is she, nod. for, is she forgiven me for that yet? She, she hates the movie. Like, we basically have never seen a horror movie since other than A Quiet Place, which she hated and wouldn't, wouldn't go to the second one with me. And I loved that. I thought A Quiet Place was one of the good. best movies I'd seen, like, in a long time. And um, anyway, so, yeah. But Drag Me to Hell, and I always try to tell people, I'm like, if, if you don't, you know, if it's not for you, I mean, I don't really want to tell you what happens, but just pay attention to the title of the movie. You know, um, it's called Drag Me to Hell. You know, like, yeah, right, right. no surprises. And oh. and there's an ending to this which reminded me of that. It's not the same, but it's it's just a sudden, scary, kind of shocking ending. Um, and then there's a post-credit scene which I think kind of undercuts the ending. But you know, yeah, that the ending reminded yeah. me of the drag me to hell ending. Um, right, right. But yeah. <laughs> no, I was I was actually I'm glad you guys because you reminded me. One of the things, and I guess this is more appropriate for kind of the spoiler, but it's not really a big spoiler. I loved. One of the things I actually liked about this movie the most was that they suggested the idea that, 
your dreams are a way of watching yourself in other universes. Mm-hmm. Like what you're dreaming is what you are doing in these alternate. And I, cause it's, cause it's an absurd idea, right? Because the reality is if, if that's, if that's true, then all of the other Josh's are getting in car wrecks constantly because that's, that's what I dream about is like driving cars with brakes that don't work and cameras uh-huh. that don't work, you know? So that's, but I, I thought that that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny, but, um, well, so yeah. we didn't really talk about this, but what did you think about the Illuminati? Oh yeah. Well, and so, I mean, we're in spoiler territory, so yeah. you might as well oh, talk yeah. about oh yeah, we are. It's we are. fair game. No, I thought it, I thought it was kind of it was a fun idea. Um I have to admit, you know, as much as I love John Krasinski, you know, speaking of quiet place, right? Mm-hmm. Um I almost feel a little bad because it's like, okay, so if they're really going to try to reboot that franchise again, is he going to be the next one to fall on the sword? Because those movies just are so they, terrible. I feel like there's a curse <laughs> with those movies. They're always the worst. It, it's it feels like it. And, it, it. I don't know. And there was a fan. There was actually a big push by fans to that wanted him as Reed. Uh, is it Reed Richards? Reed. Yeah, I can't remember yeah, I the name. So. Yeah. And um, you know, like I he, uh, I I mean I'm I guess I'm kind of like you. Like I don't really care. I'm not like suddenly all excited to go see oh, a yeah. Fantastic Four movie or whatever. Um, but. You know, bringing all those characters on screen for five minutes of one-liners only to, like, murder all of them, yeah. that's totally, like, uh, again, a horror. Brutal Right, gross <laughs> murders. Uh, you know, you think of, like, we were talking a little earlier about Marion Crane, Janet Leigh, the, the big movie star in Psycho that didn't uh, last a long time on screen. And, um, yeah, all of them were killed in ways that almost related to their their powers or their powers somehow used did. against they, them. They did relate to their powers, um, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it, that was kind of a, that was kind of scary, you know, and like we said, not, not really for kids. Um, no. This is another moment where I feel like this was an event, and it made me feel like this, you know, this movie was good in one way, because now I don't have to feel bad about never watching a Marvel movie again, I think. Cause <laughs> wow, you, is, you're done? No, I'm, I'm absolutely done because the thing is, it's like I, you know, I watched this movie and like this was my one last hope kind of thing where it's like, you know what, maybe something good. And it's like this just proved like this is what they're deciding they want to do, and I, I'm not going to sponsor that. So okay, so so just to just to clarify then, no, yeah. because I, th- I think this is an important point, and I, yeah. I, I've had a lot of the same kind of questions and thoughts. When you when you say you know this is what they're going to do. What is it that you feel Marvel has done that is past the point of no return? Like what what is it that is different now that you feel like okay, I'm just I'm not on board anymore? Yeah, so I mean, so that's what I'm going to say with the Illuminati cuz the Illuminati made me feel like we're flashing forward to the next Avengers movie mm-hmm. and I have no interest. And so like Is it um, just the relentless kind of never-ending na- nature of this franchise? continuing to expect us to watch um, all these TV shows and movies, investing hundreds of hours a year, and you're like, it's just not worth it for me. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it... it's not the horror content or whatever. It's just the, uh, like, you have to be expected to have a huge breadth of knowledge, a big background, 
and having mm-hmm. watched a lot of movies to fully understand what's going on. Like, I, I did see WandaVision, so I'm glad I did. I watched mm-hmm. the whole thing. There's a lot of other Disney Plus series I haven't watched, so maybe I, maybe I didn't understand it quite as well, you know, as, as I could have, but for me, WandaVision was a key to this movie, to, to Doctor Strange. Um, but, so, I don't know, there's going to be something coming along where you're just, there's going to be an actor or a, or a director or a storyline that you're just, you're going to want to see. And they're going to pull you back in. They're going to pull you back <laughs> yeah. in, like, like The Godfather 3. Yeah, you're, yeah. There you go. I mean, like, well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I don't think so, though, because, like, it's just Disney has become so clear of what they're wanting to push with, mm-hmm. like, their messages and everything. Like, it just, it feels like brainwashing one of these movies, and I just, I don't enjoy that. Um, I, I feel like I'm being talked down to, I feel like I'm being manipulated, and I'm not even being entertained. So it's just, like, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. So is this um, a zero, zero stars movie This is you? a zero star. This is wow. 100% a zero star for me. Oh my god. Um, maybe a half a star, because <laughs> there are some elements, I think this could have had potential. So there, there are so many things you guys have said that, like, there, there are all these, like, loose threads of, like, things that I've thrown out, but I haven't really yeah. wrapped up. One thing you said where it's, like, you know, it's not just a horror thing. I, what I, and this is all going to come down to theming. So, um, I, I wanted to see the whole theme of it being all, like, facing your fears. And that was, you know, brought in at the very, very end, kind of. Um, but it's, like, if, if you went in with the horror, you could have really developed that idea you could have shown what is it that these characters fear what are they overcoming and that's how you create that emotional connection with them right um and then josh you brought up um civil war and i'm so glad you did because i think this is the big thing with all these superhero movies and maybe i will come back in if they stop with this theme (laughs) that they've Mm -hmm. been doing since civil war but it's all the whole like do the ends justify the means who's really morally right here and um, and and in Civil War that worked out really well, and it was very interesting, and it was very developed. But we're doing that in every single one of these movies because it's like here are these people with these amazing powers, are they really justified to be using these powers to the extent that they are? And in yeah. this movie, it comes to a head where it's like here are two superheroes, both feeling like they're justified using their powers, right? And then the entire movie, it's you know we're seeing all these other people who have interacted with Doctor Strange in other universes. And they're really worried about this Doctor Strange because it's all like, man, you're always making these same mistakes. You're always arrogant. You know, they're, they're telling him all these flaws that he has. And what does he do at the very end? He proves them all right. And I don't understand that. So this is the issue that I have with the Illuminati is that they were an event and not something that could have pushed forward a theme because they told Doctor Strange all these things. They warned him. They were a warning for him, if anything. And... Instead of it coming to a satisfying end where it's like, oh, man, they were right. Like, Christine tells him, like, don't do this kind of magic. And he's like, I'm going to do this kind of magic, you know. And, <laughs> and But it works out in the end. And so it's kind of like instead of there being this moral message and what is morally correct, right, um, it's it, whoever is correct just ends up being whoever wins. And it's like, when has that ever been a good message for a superhero movie? It's always about good prevails. You know, evil doesn't win. And yet, we're going to use evil elements to win, but it's totally justified. But isn't that what Wanda was doing? How is he any better (laughs) at the end of the day 
than Wanda. Yeah. Hmm. No, you're I Yeah. I I, I cannot refute your argument. That's, yeah, that's I can't. interesting. I I mean I was just going to like throw out the line, Doctor Strange, the Illuminati will see you now, because that was one I think made me laugh. <laughs> like, oh my god! And I don't know if it was meant to be Cringe. funny. That may have not meant to be funny, but it was funny. Um, oh, yeah. uh, well, no, I it, think they have, to be, they have to be aware of it. And maybe they that's the humor. Yeah. Right? I but like, oh, was. that made my stomach churn. I just, oh, it's so uncomfortable. The lines are so uncomfortable. And it's just, oh, oh my god. Well, well now, now we have a, a a question to follow through the rest of the year, mm-hmm. which is for for our listeners, which is, will Danny see another Marvel movie ever again, <laughs> and I, or will she? Right. Will she be proved correct? Is she officially off the Marvel wagon? And, and I would like to hear, and maybe we could talk about this another day because we're, we're kind of going long on this one. But like, which yeah, Marvel probably. movies you actually like, or if there's any that you love, maybe like out of the oh, twenty nine movies, so yeah. many. So oh. many. I have loved every single one. Uh, Captain America is probably my favorite. Um, I loved Ragnarok. I was going to guess that actually, because I would say in terms of tone, this movie, the Doctor yeah. Strange movie, is the opposite of Captain America. <laughs> I they can almost, see that. They almost couldn't be more different. I, I mean, the that, Hydra, it, the uh, the Red Skull character is scary. I mean, it's kind of a horror character, but I mean, there it's are. It's very light. It's very are, light. It's so light. It's so earnest. It's so mm-hmm. er, you know, nineteen fifties yeah. Americana. Yeah, yeah. And, I, 40s, and I love I that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying, is that they're trying to keep this genre alive by being like, oh, actually, it's kind of gray, but it's so gray to the point where it's like, there's no message. Like, mm-hmm. what are you yeah. actually leaving right. people with? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, Captain America reanimating his own corpse in another multiverse <laughs> to try to defeat one that, you know. Oh like, don't say it out nuts. loud. Sorry. They're, my, Sorry. they're looking for ideas, Mark. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I know what we're leaving our audience with. Insight, knowledge, expanded understanding, just quality content. So, uh, What are your guys', you guys... ratings? I am curious on that. So you, you'd say, like, you're not necessarily recommending it. Yeah, I, I've been wavering back and forth between like two and a half stars and three stars just because okay. I would generally, like I said, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think of it as a bad movie, but I also have liked it less and less in the days in the time since I saw it. And so, and hearing my arguments kind of, are just, you know, mm-hmm. no, but so you're, you're, you're pointing, lowering that little by little, right? So <laughs> no, you're pointing out. I, I think, Danny, what's interesting is I, I think that the difference between between our takes on it uh-huh. is that you were bothered by what you by what the movie said and what it you know represented by the by its end. Yeah. I didn't care enough to, to get that far. No, and I, I mean I'm not even being sarcastic. Yeah. It's like because literally right. by the end of the movie, yeah, I wasn't paying close enough attention. To be able to unpack any of the morals or, or pick out any you know hypocrisy or con- conflict because I just wasn't invested. I just didn't care. Yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. And and I was following it and I just kind of wandered off in okay. Well, it's more CGI mind bending fights. It's the multiverse. I don't. It doesn't matter. And so that's what I mean. Is that I I think that you know we had kind of two distinct reactions to it, mm-hmm. neither of which were that positive. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah, I yeah. for me it's probably a two star. If I'm doing on on a four star rating, I'd say it's two. I I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't really dislike it. I just have a bunch of complaints about it. Um, okay. We didn't we didn't really talk about this, but like. I forgot. I didn't even care about the love story or what happened at the end of Doctor Strange with with uh, yeah. McAdams oh, yeah. and Cumberbatch. Well, neither did the writers. And, right, and then you get yeah. to this no, movie, and I'm like, oh, I was. Were they were they together? Were they not together? Like, there's just no chemistry between them. But that's them. the thing. It's the ambiguity, right? They're supposed to be, but I just didn't see yeah. the chemistry. You know? Yeah. 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 All right, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's tie it off, and. Uh, Thanks again for listening and hearing us out. We uh, love to have your input, make comments, and uh, follow us on all the streaming services and all that stuff wherever you can listen to our lovely Utah Film Pod. And uh, for all the rest of us, thanks a lot, and we will see slash talk to you, hear from you next time, whatever. Later. See you later. Mm-hmm.